0: Hello, my name is Philip Dyer and this is the next in a series of Care Home Lifestyle Podcasts with the emphasis on health and well-being. Our next guest is Alex O'Toole. Alex is a creative director, producer and writer. Over the last 20 years, she's broadcast the sound of oyster catchers into train carriages, turned a hospital ward into herbarium and we'll, dis- we'll actually explore what herbarium is a little later on transformed libraries into imaginariums and conjured inner worlds onto the streets of Lancashire. Her work spans live, print and digital platforms and she collaborates religiously. As a producer, Alex is on a mission to encourage more non-arts organisations to choose a creative approach to unlocking the potential of their offer through the arts. Her work as a strategist for the creative and cultural industries is geared towards developing partnerships, and growing audiences to elevate their approach and bring clarity to their vision. In addition to her independent work for the creative and cultural industries, Alex runs participant art organization, Fable Arts. She's also currently the chair of Arts Lancashire, an independent body of regional art partnerships, working together to highlight and develop the importance of the arts to Lancashire economy and cultural narrative. She's also a founding member of the Arts Partnership for Fine Old. Alex, do you get time to sleep? That's a rhetorical question. <laughs>
1: <I think> you <laughs> know the list. answer to that, Philip.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. With a, with a list like that. But we've got to go back to Herbarium. So hopefully I am pra- pronouncing it correctly. Please elucidate. <laughs>
1: uh, Herbarium is well it comes from uh, Victorian times and it's basically a collection or a catalogue of um, plants Um, but for that particular project we were actually working in a hospital and we sort of Pivoted that concept and the plants were people so we were cataloging their experiences the patient's experiences um, Of uh, being in hospital for a long period of time. So that project was called wonderful And um, wonder dash full and it was about finding the wonder in 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 an environment like a hospital Essentially because when you've been in hospital for a very long um, Period of time your state of mind can become quite vulnerable and it can um, affect how quickly you recover and obviously in a hospital in a similar way to care homes bed flow is quite important and so if people aren't recovering quick enough the beds aren't moving quick enough and so we came in and we developed this project around um, the natural world and getting people to think beyond the walls of the hospital and remembering those times that they spent in nature uh, outside outdoors and getting them to talk about those experiences and catalogue them through different arts activities so we did writing and we did clay work we did um, visual arts work and we created this installation within the hospital ward that was mobile so it could go around to the other wards and obviously we had bits of nature in there as much as you can do in a hospital because you know lots of plants aren't um, allowed in hospital environments And it was, it sort of served as a bit of a a library, really. It was a collection of people's experiences uh, in lots of different creative formats and people could dip in and out of those. They could add to it if they wanted to, or they could just sit in the day room and and take a bit of the herbarium out, read it or look at it and then put it back. So it's still there.
0: It sounds fascinating. I mean, do you get an opportunity to actually find out the outcomes are i mean it's one of those things that people do tend to focus on you mentioned bed flow Mm. Uh, how did it impact on the bed flow? do you know
1: well that particular project i mean obviously um that particular project was arts council funded i think no it wasn't it was Lancashire community foundation funded so an evaluation is is embedded into the project itself so we're evaluating the whole time as to how patients are responding and within that period of delivery which i think was over a three-month a three-month um, period where we went in every week and we were um, delivering in the day room so people were coming to us but we were also going to bedsides some people just didn't want to engage in a group in a group way some people physically couldn't and so we would take stuff to their bedsides as well and get them to do it. and so when even when we weren't there at the hospital they were still able to um, create work and, and and make work and have that it sort of gave them permission to to think outside where they were really and so um in terms of bed flow um i do have some stats on that actually and i, I can't remember what they are yeah yeah of course we have to evaluate everything i mean specifically in hospitals it's about evaluating the patient experience um we know that there was one patient that we were working with who had been in hospital for 11 months hadn't was not able to walk and when we first started working with her we were going to her bedside she wouldn't come out her mindset was very very negative Uh, she was very depressed and over time over the week she started to come out and she started to work with the rest of the group and she started to talk and then she started walking and by the time we'd finished that project she was being discharged to go home fantastic. and she wrote the most beautiful letter to myself and um to the other artists that i'd brought in to work on the project and um that's when you get something like that happening that's that's really why you're doing it fantastic
0: so, well care, care home lifestyle is about uh well-being and it's important that uh I can clearly see that this resonates with what you're currently doing. Mm. Have you had any experience within care homes?
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of experience in care homes. and um, We just finished a project um, which we collaborated with um, Blackpool and Fowl College, um, Barchester Care Home in Blackpool, uh, Barchester Glenroyd Care Home in Blackpool and um, Clifton Hospital in Lytham. And that was called Oldtopia and it was about the future of old. So it was looking at what... Um, provision and services for the elderly are going to be like in the future so how do our young people want their experience of being in a care home or a care setting or a hospital setting to be when they're older because obviously um, they will have a completely different life experience to to those people who are in those settings now so what we did with that was we we, um, presented very factual information to those young people at first about you know, how much it costs to um, how much they would have to earn to be able to afford to go into a, a care home when they're older. Um, how, you know, how many people are going to be older when they're older. The, the number of older people um, over the next 30, 50 years is just going to go up hugely. And what impact that has on all the other services and how our environment is designed, how our roads and our pavements and our Towns, all the spaces that we interact as a community, how they all need to change to accommodate all these older people.
0: This sounds like quite a, a profound project. I mean, how did it come about in the first place?
1: Um, well, Fable, which is the company I, I run, we have an ongoing project called the Archive of Aging, and it's really—it's just sort of an ongoing exploration, really, of 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 what it's like to be old and all how we experience our old age um so we've done a project about you know dementia what it's like to have dementia we've done the obviously the project wonderful which was about being in hospital for a long time and and how how people can use creativity to sort of think outside of where they are um, and then this project old was about the future of old so it was about you know as i said getting younger people to to try and think about what they want for themselves when they're older and to use all that information um to influence policy and um services service design basically um,
0: so sorry to interrupt i was going to say that the younger element uh, of, of that particular project did they find it uh, easier to engage with it or were they resistive or or a little reticent how, how did that flow for you
1: <clears throat> no I mean the, the thing about young people is is a misconception is that they're not interested and actually they really are interested and when you actually speak to them and tell them the facts they don't they don't you don't know what you don't know and so we went in there and we talked to them and it turned out that some of them were already working with older people but they hadn't actually told each other that that's what they were doing one of them worked in a in a end of uh, end of life dementia uh, care setting and she was she was living and working in some very um hard she was going through some very hard experiences through that work and then she was coming into college next day doing a performing arts course and was being all you know jolly. jolly when she just had someone hit her and bite her the the day before and she and she was 17 years old um. and you know so it was about getting them to share their own experiences of how they've interacted with all people and some of them didn't really or some of them had sort of held it held them at all at arm's length or a bit sort of scared didn't know how to connect with them whereas others were like that um young lady was was very much you know um in there and and, and trying to, uh, she knew what their experience was in a very intimate level. So um, when we presented the facts to them, we then took them into a care home, uh, Barchester Glenroyd, and then we took them into a hospital as well. And we we trained them in interview techniques and they then took uh, voice recorders and they went in and they interviewed, or, and just like we're doing now, having a chat, had a chat with all these older people. And one of the ladies they met, um, had actually during the war been the chaperone to the queen wow um another gentleman had lost both of his uh, both of his legs and he was so positive and so optimistic and he was speaking to one of the young people who who was having you know a really quite a hard life and um just really inspired her and just made her think differently about the world and he was even with everything that had happened to him, he was so interested in the world and what was going on and outside and nature he was telling her all sorts. And she just, the positivity that he gave off, it really inspired and motivated her. And I actually just got the video of that project through yesterday, um, the rough cut. And some of the words from the young people are just, it's quite emotional listening to it, to see, to listen to how, how much they got from that project and one of them said you know i don't like being under pressure and this project put me under pressure because i had to go in and interview old people and i had to do you know chair dancing with them and 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 i didn't feel comfortable but then i did it and i felt so much better and i just it's like i've come out of my box and i don't want to go back in she said
0: that's amazing i mean you use the expression you don't know what you don't know and that i suppose i i imagine from my own perspective that it may be helpful for a young person if they're involved with older people, perhaps their grandparents, they ha- if they have grandparents, that makes it easy to connect. Do you know whether that was a, an issue for anybody? I mean, I don't know how many young people you were working with.
1: We were working with 12 young people on that particular project. I think it is an issue because when you've got your grandparents, you've got all that history and they've seen you grow up and they're connecting with you as a young child, even if you're like... 1920 they're still connecting with you on that level and there's that hierarchy that happens just you know generally within a family structure but if you're meeting someone on an equal level adult to adult or, or or just as people um young person to older person and you're just sharing experiences and that young person is teaching the older person something and the older person is teaching the younger person something that's a an equal exchange isn't it and is that the
0: absence of their personal histories though because they they don't have the the hierarchy of of the family which i think is what you're referring
1: yeah i yeah i mean you're just meeting someone like you would meet anyone yeah it's just it's it's a very um it's a level playing field in 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 many ways and it just allows people to be who they are without any of that um, learned. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, baggage, baggage. Exactly. Yeah, this uh, social, um, I, I do think it's an issue in terms of social generalization that you're the preconceptions of what a, an old person would be like or a mature yes. person, and equally so the preconceptions of what a teenager may be like, the their the general behavior or view from the media's perspective. Did, did you encounter any of those? Um, preconceived ideas from either side in the process. oh
1: yeah absolutely and i think one of the great things about these kind of projects is so one of the things that we we tend to do to try and break the ice between both of them because the both sides are a bit apprehensive like you know all these young uns and all those olds f- kind of thing we do um a chair-based movement to kick to kick off which is very gentle um movement in chairs with with music and professional um dance organization comes in and does that with us and um it just breaks the ice because it's fun and the young people are dotted in amongst the older people and they're all doing it together and because it's fun they've had that shared experience and i think that's what's really important when you've had a shared experience with someone all of a sudden you've got something to connect with them it with and it's a good jumping off point and so that always helps to break the ice and and um we tend to do that first and then we sort of peel off into little groups and have like a little tea party and some go and sit over here with and do the interviews and some go and sit in another room and it works quite well
0: when you when you break those barriers mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming there was a, a gap <coughs> in between each session i don't yes. know how, how long so when they came back, did you find that they had to rebuild again from square one or was it they already started forming a relationship?
1: No, they'd already started forming a relationship and they were looking forward to going back. I mean, obviously, you know, it depends on the, um, the health of the older person. Sometimes one session they might not be as well as they are another session. And um, so, it, it, you know, they, we do try and maintain a consistency. And then, what we do is all of the information that's gathered in that session, visually and um, audio, becomes the uh, inspiration and the jumping off point for a piece of, uh, in this instance, it was a piece of live performance. And so, we worked with the young people then back at the college to script um, and devise a piece of um, physical theatre. And then, when we'd done that, we then went back into the care home. And we performed it for the people that they'd worked with and so it was sort of it was sort of like a thank you for telling us about your lives this is the bit that we liked and and we want to we want to um, continue that aspect of, of 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 how of what being old is like but we also want this this and this and so with that particular performance we did a lot of digital um there was digital embedded into the performance so the young people were interacting with themselves on green screen and yeah. it was a bit crazy actually but um, it worked really well and I think because the older people could recognize their own stories within that narrative they, they had a connection as well so
0: how did, how, did the, how did the staff respond to this I mean they were uh, the day-to-day realities of, of being in a care home they're very challenging at the best of times
1: yeah we're very aware of that we're very aware of that i think when we before any project when we're developing the project obviously we have to talk to the staff who are running um the care home and we talk to them about what because quite often with these projects you don't know what's going to come out of them you can't say well it'll look like this and because it's a co-created piece of work and it very much depends on what the people who are involved in it say and how they respond and all of that kind of thing but we what we do say is all of these activities are a way in. They're a different way. It's a tool, really, to help you connect in a different way to your residents. So you, when you're going about your work, and there's so much to do within a care home, and it's quite based on a routine, isn't it? The, the day is quite routine-based. You can get into a sort of rut in the way, where, when, and how you speak to the residents. And you've got a certain rapport with different ones but this offers an opportunity or any kind of creative activity offers an opportunity to connect with them on a deeper emotional level Um, because it allows you to if you know we always try and say to the um, to the staff whether it's at a care home or at a hospital you know please try and engage in this whilst we're doing it don't sort of we're not babysitters we're not here to do this and you can go off and make beds or whatever you've you've got to engage with it because actually this is developing your relationship with those residents and and theirs with you as well because you know we're people at the end of the day and people respond to people and so the experiences we're creating are actually quite visceral and people are responding to them on an emotional level that that's that's what we want and so um It's it's a way in, but it's also a way out because if you imagine if you're an old person and you've been living on your own in your own house, and then all of a sudden you've got this upheaval and you've had to go into hospital, you've had to go into a care home. It's quite you can be quite upsetting. There's a lot of change. There can be depression, you know, uh, not just around the the movement, but also the possibly the reasons why you're in there in the first place, and so you've got all these things going on in your head and you having to adapt to this routine that's already set out for you when you've previously had all your own, you know, autonomy, it's, it's quite overwhelming. And I think creativity and these kind of projects, whether it's just gentle, regular uh, provision of some kind of creative activity or whether it's a specific program like old was here, um, it gives you a space. It gives your brain a space. Um, it's like a, creating a Vista that you can't get to think about and articulate all of your feelings in but in a constructive way
0: it sounds amazing one of the things that strikes me is that the whole thing is about engagement absolutely Um, yeah so you're connecting so have given that this is about a creative sphere if you will Mm. have you met much skepticism about the value of creativity and the arts in 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 this environment
1: um I, i wouldn't call it skepticism i think that I think the hardest thing, and this is a really practical thing, is that obviously you've got a medical or a care pathway that the, the, the staff are following. And if you see this as an add-on, it, it's not going to have the same benefit as if you're seeing as it being an integrated enhancement of what you're doing. Yeah. And one of the things that we've tried to do specifically in our work with the NHS is try to get them to see that it's an enhancement and it works alongside, but it also integrates with what they're doing. So for example, with the project um, Wonderful, with the Herbarium, we left that in the hospital and then the the nurses started to create their own craft activities around it in the day room. Obviously, you know, they're not professional artists, but it's just giving people the, the opportunity to express themselves in a constructive way. And to have those conversations away from the medical side of the things that are going on or the the care side of things, it's just two people talking and doing at the same time and um, making things together co-creating is a really really special uh, special experience I think
0: it sounds like a catalyst to me I mean it, mm. it which sounds very exciting in the sense that uh, you point out this obvious thing that there is a requirement for a rhythm uh, routine when you're in uh, any environment really where there's got to be consistency. Um, Downside being that there's a tendency to develop perhaps uh, the wrong types of habits. It's easy or easier to become transactional in those environments. Yes absolutely. This breaks that particular rhythm. Um, Fascinating. So what have you got any other projects planned of that type within the care sector or in the hospitals?
1: Well, we had some we had some planned, but obviously with COVID, uh, any kind of participative arts, as physical participative arts, can't happen at the moment, and we don't see that being able to happen for at least another twelve months.
0: Wow. So that
1: aspect of um, of of what Fable does is is on hold for the moment. So we've been exploring what other ways we can still engage, and. It's still early days at the moment, but one of the things that we were exploring before COVID actually was this idea of actually having an installation within a hospital, a physical space, a room where people can go to either engage in creative activities or just have that using VR or digital to create like um, an outside inside, um, to have that vista that you, you know, when your brain is just completely addled for various different reasons, just to, ha- to go and go for a walk and, and see a bit of view with a vista in front of you right. has such an impact. And obviously when you're in a care home or in a hospital setting, you can't do that. And though some hospitals do have like little gardens and, and some mm-hmm. don't, it's not the same thing as having that expansive view. And so we've been looking at um, how we could work with a setting to create a vista within an enclosed space. Right. Um, using virtual reality or perhaps using you know physical space that is f- f- kitted out with screens that has and c- creating a film to, to I've got, do I've got to, inter-
0: I've got to interrupt you and say for, for the for the listener's benefit alex mm. is moving her arms all over the place i know so sorry she's, she's gesticulating <laughs> to explain the scale of this this particular exercise
1: <laughs> we
0: are explaining no, I'm very well, visual nice so, yeah. <laughs> right, so it's good i mean it, it it's um as much as I'm trying, and quite effectively actually, to uh, ignore COVID now, we, we, there's a, an, a necessity to move forward. <clears throat> we can't ignore the fact that it is impinging on your ability to do things, and so a, a delay of 12 months is, I think, bound to have a, a, an impact in terms of the mental health and well-being of people within care homes, etc. The ones that hugely. you were going to be working with. Yeah, so it really got to overcome this With innovation. So that's an innovation that you're trying to develop. Is it how far down the line are you with that?
1: We're, well, it's something we've been discussing, obviously, as I said beforehand. Um, we're at the beginning stages, really. Um, obviously, the art sector as well is in a complete state of turmoil. I mean, you know, theatres, performers, writers, nobody knows what they'll be able to do in the future, whether there'll even be a space for them to create in um so it's been a it's been quite a difficult time for creators because also when you're you need that you need that security to be able to create um you know you can't create if you're not sure how you pay your mortgage and things like that so i you know i have to be mindful of um of the artists that i work with and their individual uh circumstances so it's softly softly at the moment but there are other things happening like um we're not specifically doing this but I do know other organizations are that are creating kits creative kits that get sent into um, care homes or, and hospitals and um, things are made and then they're returned and it's kind of uh, a bit of a, a pen a pen pal type of thing going right, on yeah,
0: yeah.
1: um a lot of people have used digital zoom but I don't think that really works in for these particular settings because you know of, of um, You've got people who have hard of hearing, you've got people who have um, sight issues. So uh, I think going forward, it will have to be a combination of sort of hyper individual um, experiences. So focused on the individual and their highly
0: personalised
1: personalized experiences. And that could be anything from getting to grow something to write something paint something that could then be brought together in a co-created installation or mural or film or whatever it is um and then the other side of it would be to go in and create some kind of big installation that they could go into in an, on an individual level sort of like an appointment you know I, I need a bit of thinking time today i need some space to breathe can i book a half hour in the in that whatever we call that space yeah. um And then there's obviously, you know, self-directed stuff that's just out every day in the day rooms, in the in the lounges where people can go and just have a go at something. And it's just completely personal to them. There's so many different ways you can still create and be creative and interact creatively without physically being there. It's just I think care homes and hospitals have just had completely focused on the issues that they're dealing with medically. moment. So, um, ho- you know, hope that over the next few months, if lockdown eases, um, that we'll be able to have more of those conversations.
0: I'd prefer you to have said uh, when lockdown, as opposed to if lockdown.
1: <laughs> well, I <laughs> you think you know, need it
0: to ease a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah, it does need to ease, a lot. and I know it's easing a lot for sort of normal life, but for the cultural sector and mm. for the care sector, it's it isn't not Um, moving it's not moving and the cat you know the arts and cultural sector are really really innovative um but you're asking people to be innovative that haven't got an income at the moment and that's quite a hard place to to be um i'm personally not in that situation for for, because i've got other irons in other fires but a lot of the people that i work with are 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 struggling at the moment and they're having a hard time. So it's trying to find um, an approach that will allow them to come back and feel confident in doing so on both, on both sides, of things, you know, both sides. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Alex. Um, I appreciate you sharing your experiences. It's been a fascinating journey. There are many other things that I'd like to ask you, um, but we'll, we could just talk for hours on it. Before we part company, can I can I just ask you for a, a pearl of wisdom for our
1: listeners? I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> um, I would say that creativity, everyone has creativity inside them, even if they think they don't. And creativity is a tool, if it's used properly, that can really open up a person or an organisation. And if you can unlock that creativity, then um you your relationships and the way that your organization runs will improve
0: fantastic thank you very much alex
1: welcome thank you